You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Hello, and welcome to the From the Shadows podcast. I am the producer, Jason Lewis. I would like to thank you for tuning in to the From the Shadows podcast. And without further ado, here is your host, Shane Grove. Hey, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the From the Shadows podcast. I'm your host, Shane Grove, and uh, joining me tonight are Jason, the super producer. Greetings, everyone. Uh, we got the judge, at least for a little bit tonight. Good evening, everyone. And our special, very special guest tonight, joining us from uh, sunny California, uh, <laughs> who uh, I consider and probably many consider the greatest character actor working in the movies today, Tom Downey. Well, hey, now. Ain't that a hell of a build-up? You're too kind. <laughs> uh, so, so Tom, how's it how's it going out there? And uh, I I know it's not sunny right now, but uh, what's happening out there in California? Well, uh, I've been you know aside from doing all these uh, as many movies as I can possibly get on set for, I work um, I do art department for a bunch of different TV shows, and one of the last ones I was working on. Uh, we were putting together the stage for uh, this. Some of you might remember uh, uh, called Card Sharks. It's a reboot of an old game oh show my from the '80s, right? Was With that Joel, Chuck? Joel, Joel, uh, was that Chuck? Was that Chuck? Woolery? That was, yeah, 
Chuck Chuck was in there, and uh, they had another guy. There were a couple of guys. All those old faces you remember from the past. But uh, the same producer, this woman uh, Janine, I think is her name, or Jean. Uh, she's still she rebooted it. Uh, Joel McHale is the host, and we just went back to shoot some more episodes. The whole stage was loaded in. We had just loaded in our stuff. I was doing props, so I got to shuffle all the cards. So when people lose or win, that's my fault. And I can't tell you how much joy it gave me to see some people lose because I didn't like them. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was... <laughs> well, you know, there's one guy, you'll, you'll see, there's one guy came on the show and he's talking about his wife and his kids. And he goes, yeah, you know, I also have another baby, my, uh, my Harley. And it's just something about being on that open road, you know, it's nothing like it. And he, like, basically, like, blew off the fact that he did, you know, he liked his, his hog better than he liked his wife and kids. I was like, I hope this sumbitch loses, and he did. <laughs> 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 so anyway, so I was working on that show. We got shut down. All the uh, studios went down like dominoes with this crazy uh, coronavirus, COVID-19. Uh, we got word maybe we're going to try and push through and knock out 10 days in a row and knock out this thing without an audience. All live studio audiences are all gone. And uh, within 24 hours, it went from we'll be finishing this up by next Friday to you're not coming back Monday. And if you want to get your tools, uh, we'll call you. So everything shut down here and got buttoned up real quick out here in the film industry. And it's been kind of, uh, yeah, it, it spun my head for a minute. But uh, we're just marching forward, and we'll get through this. And as soon as we're able to go back to work, we will. Wow! Yeah, right. yeah it's definitely it's definitely some uh, some crazy crazy times. I mean, um, if you'd ask me, uh, you know, in our lifetime, if we'd have ever been going through a uh, pandemic like this, just basically shut down the country, I'd have said we'd have discovered better evidence of Bigfoot. You know, before, exactly. Uh, then this would happen. I mean, this is, I, I just can't wrap my head around it, for sure. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you guys think we, we would have landed on Mars before this would have happened to us, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, right. It wasn't, it wasn't on my timeline. <laughs> I don't think it was on any of ours. You know? <laughs> exactly. Didn't see this one coming. Exactly. Um, so, you know, for our listeners who may not be familiar with your work, shame on you. But, Tom, you want to give you want to give us a little uh, a little of your background because hey, I know you're an East Coast guy. Um, sure, you know, sure. I spent I spent some time out south of Boston, for, uh, living and working, and uh, so I'm envious of the fact that uh, you get to go back there and uh, call yeah. home for a little bit. So I, 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 I see do. Your, I, I do. see your po- I see your post on the Cape, and I'm like, gosh, yeah. dang him. Yeah, I'm, I'm lucky. I got. A, I have a big family, and one of my sisters has a house down in the Cape, so I'm able to get the best of Boston and Cape Cod every time I go back. So, um, good times. Good times are had by all when I'm home, for sure. Uh, shout out to the family. Love you all. Stay safe. Stay cozy. Um, and wash your hands. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, if you don't, if you don't know the films that I've done, and you do know of a of a uh, a company called the Asylum, and everybody knows them now because after I walked away from working with them, uh, they started making Sharknado movies. Uh, I think they're uh-huh. up to Sharknado twenty two now. I don't know how many they have, but uh, I I had I had quit the industry for a minute when my kids were small, just. Uh, um, and about four years out of it, and then I got back into it um, after being Mr. Mom for a little bit and uh, joined up with the Asylum and started um, driving their trucks, building their sets, helping out with special effects. And I was the star of 
about eight or ten of their movies, and I did about 14 with them. Um, so some ensemble casts, like the fantastic folks I work with in The Beast of Bray Road, it's a werewolf picture. We called it uh, Jaws with Paws. Basically, it is Jaws, but it's a werewolf. No, no, wait, there. no wait a second. <laughs> no, wait a second. Judge, are you still with us? Oh, the judge is here. Do you, do you want Do you want to uh, talk to Mr. Downing here about what the Beast of Bray Road really is? Well, for for those of you that <laughs> for those of you who've been followers followers of ours, you know, one of the things that inspired me to get into the you know the, the, the whole cryptid realm was when I was about fifteen, sixteen years old. I had an experience that. You know, I've told my story on here, and people know it, where I was stalked, paced, chased, however you want to describe it, by what is now contemporaneously known as as a dog man, which is uh, uh, Beast of Bray Road is, you know, right on. basically, you know, uh, a dog man situation. So, uh-huh. you know, having firsthand experience one of these creatures, it's a life-changing event. Obviously, it... Uh, it inspired a book. It inspired a movie up there in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, so, tell us, you know, tell us a little bit about your background with the subject matter, and uh, you, know, uh, you get asked to be in this movie. Well, we uh, we were working. There were a bunch of us. We all worked at a bar together, and then uh, a couple of the guys had done a, like two or three movies with the asylum, and then they were trying to pull in. Um, they got they got some funding. So we were going to do some mockbusters, you know, uh, just have these takeoffs on big blockbusters that came out like War of the Worlds came out in the theaters. War of the Worlds came out of Blockbuster, but that was ours. They had Tom yep. uh, Cruise. We, we had to see Thomas Howell, right? So they said, okay, great. We're going to do some of these big blockbuster nonsense things. Then you guys, you tell us what little films you want to do for like seventy-five dollars to $90,000, all original stuff. And uh, my friend Lee Scott, director and writer is from Wisconsin and he uh, happened to be a big fan of cryptids and knew about the lore behind uh, the beast of Bray road, the dog man. And uh, so he said, you're going to dig this and check out this book. And so he gave me the book because I was playing the cryptozoologist. He's like, this is all like, this is all this, this stuff like Ripley's believe it or not kind of stuff, but it's, it's more than that. This is like real shit. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, let's do it. I can't certain swear, sorry. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> you, I, was, I was so jazzed that there was, a, there was somebody else who uh, was so into this stuff, and we were actually going to do our own thing and put our own slant on some of these stories and, and really present the lore as, as, uh, as, what would they say, canon? Like, this is the truth, kids. Yeah. This is, what, this is yeah. what's up. So, yeah, sure. so that's, that's where it came from. The writer-director was from Wisconsin, and he had first-hand knowledge of people uh, telling him about their sightings and, and creepy feelings in the woods and whatnot. So it came, it came from the heart when we made that, that film. It wasn't, we weren't just like, oh, we'll, we'll pretend. No, we, we believe what we were doing. Uh-huh. <clears throat> now, you guys, didn't go to, you guys didn't go to Wisconsin do any of the filming or anything did you i mean was that all in not California? you know you know not not on that one we did all that in topanga canyon and uh in the hills around los angeles and we did it at uh, my good friend tony snagoff uh who's a stuntman he has a ranch out there uh tony does big and small films and he's a, a really good friend to the independent uh film community he's always been been there to help us out so shout out to tony snagoff 
So, so doing a little bit of the research for the uh, for that movie. Yay or nay? I mean, what, what's your take? Do you have any opinion on the uh, validity of the the story, or you know, what do you think? I mean, because because you gotta. I mean, you have to. Uh, I mean, from your body of work that we'll go through. I mean, you've done some some really creepy, scary stuff. So, like, how does this stuff affect you as you're like getting well, I know prepared there, for I, it? Well, I know there's some things that that can't be explained and have to be experienced. And I know that I I have not been uh, lucky enough to be in the presence of uh, of a, a dogman, but uh, I I don't rule it out. And I know for a fact that I have been in the presence of spirits from another dimension, whichever whatever you want to call it. Uh, I grew up in a haunted house. I moved into another haunted house, and my sister's house on Cape Cod is haunted. And one of the only people that uh, the entity, it's a woman, one of the only people she speaks to is me. And she calls out my name. <laughs> and, uh, oh, wow. Really happens to me. Oh, oh, man. So, and it, it's my sister's been there for 16 years, I think. And I was just there this past summer. And, uh, and my sister was, we were down there. My sister had kind of tweaked her back out a little bit. So we hung out for an extra day or two. And I was on her front uh, stoop on the phone. And I heard in my sister's voice, I uh, called out very loudly from the top of the stairs, Tommy. And I was like, hold up, I'll be right up. And I went in the house and I went up the stairs and she wasn't there. And I couldn't believe she was out of bed because she had, she had you know, hurt her back and was kind of laid up there. And uh, I went to her room. I said, what's up? She said, I'm good. How are you doing? I said, I'm good. You didn't just call me? And she said, no. <laughs> I said, you didn't just call my name. And the hair on, and right now the hair on my arms is standing up telling you this again. Uh, I said, you didn't just call me. She said, no. And I said, okay, well, she just called me again. And she said, oh, you're kidding. Because she's like, why doesn't she talk to me? She's like, it's my house. She doesn't talk to me. I said, I don't know. Maybe, she, maybe she's a fan of my movies, Nancy. What can I tell you? So, <laughs> uh, there you go. So I, I, do, I do believe that there are things that uh, cannot be explained but should most definitely be investigated. And there's nothing that I dismiss out of hand. I'll, I'll tell you that. One point well, of clarification, though, to what he said. He said he hadn't been lucky enough. To experience the dog man. Trust me, there's nothing lucky about that. And and it's one of the things I, I don't feel good fortune for having experienced it. Right. I believe you. Holy moly. <laughs> so so yeah, I mean, uh the Beast of Bray Road, I that's that's one of the movies I checked out uh quite a while ago just because we got into this and and, and uh knowing um that we wanted to have you on the show. I had checked it out and I thought, I thought, man, this is going to be, this is kind of cool. You know, that somebody took that subject matter and, um, it was pretty, it's pretty scary, scary little movie. Yeah. So I mean, had some, some good little scares in it and it, it was fun. And we, we like to always, you know, uh, the guys that I work with, the actors are really funny guys. So we always try and put a little bit of humor in it to kind of, you know, break up the, the fact that we're trying to beat you over the head with, with something that you might not believe. You know, and so we, we try to keep it light, but keep it scary and keep it fun. And uh, that goes for uh, Frankenstein Reborn, which was uh, pretty much lifted from the pages of Mary Shelley's book. And uh, Dracula's Curse, which I used to call uh, Dracula's Worst, but it wasn't. <laughs> it was an overly ambitious uh, vampire hunter movie that should have been a trilogy, but we, we crammed it all into one. 
But uh, yeah, we, we, we touched on everything. Zombies. I played an exorcist in one of the films. Uh, and yeah, man, there was nothing we didn't, we didn't screw around with there. So I so think what, that if, if, if Grover, am I correct? Is, is Beast of Bray Road still on Amazon Prime? Uh, that's, where, that's where, yeah, that's where I watched it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's still available. And a, a couple of months ago, there were like six of those out there. So I don't know what the asylum's doing, but they, they definitely, they should revisit their fan base from about 15 years ago. They'd be surprised who tunes in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, well, there's, all... there, there's certain, there's certain topic areas that, that have a, that have a following that if, if you put a, you know, a werewolf movie out there. You have certain people that's going to watch it no matter what. Um, sure. You know, same with, you know, certain things. There's, you know, there's a zombie genre. You, you know, it's there's a lot of them out there, but, but people go through and watch them no matter what. So, yeah, it's a good topic. Yeah, it, uh, be, uh, it'd be an especially one to be revisited. Yeah, it's, it's definitely time. I know there, I, uh, just a few months ago I had a friend tell me that uh, they had a, a script that they, they wanted to help. Um, finding an effects person to do a werewolf suit. And I said, well, I got my buddy, uh, Danny Russo. I said, he made this great suit and uh, it was all practical and a lot of fun. He said, oh, that'd be so great. And I said, you're really making a werewolf movie. And so I'm going to check back with him, uh, with him now once, this, uh, once the dust settles and the air clears and all that kind of good stuff. And we all take our masks off. Um, I'll find out where that project's at. But it was just great to hear that somebody else got sad and heard of a vampire or rather a uh, it was, it's vampires and werewolves fighting, kind of like the Underworld series. Ooh. But it was it was like it was on the uh, it was heavy on the werewolf side. The werewolves were the heroes. So I said, all right, that's cool. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm really a, I'm, I'm really a big fan of the werewolf genre, in which they have a real suit. They put somebody in a suit versus the the CGI stuff. I think the yeah you know the retro feel. You know, you you harken back to like. Uh, you know, Stephen King's Silver Bullet back in the 80s when I was a right. kid. And, uh, you know, it was cool that it, there was a real person in the suit. I, I, I dig those movies. Um, you know, uh, Chris Hahn's buddy House was in, a, was in a werewolf movie called Late Phase. And, uh, you know, he wore a suit. It was fantastic. Um, you know, so I, I really hope that, that people go back to that type of, you know, filmmaking versus the CGI. Yes, I mean uh, Chris. Chris was great in the Axe Giant as uh, as Bunyan, um, and he he's just a he's a big dude, and he really you know, he had, just had the right. You know, it's a look in the eye, and even when you know, my friend Joel Hebner, who was our werewolf, he would sit, and he's about six foot five anyway, right? You take the mask off, he looks like Audrey Hepburn. He's awfully pretty, but he's uh, he's a big big muscly, good looking dude. He's in this full full on. Uh, he had the the ski boot. Uh, shoes, so you, you know, he had the dog leg for he's up there, so now he's seven feet tall. And he would sit in his chair and he would listen to speed metal and just growl and grunt and start salivating and get ready to get that's how he got into character. And if you went over and like fuck with them, because I would like to do that, um, and I'm sorry if I'm not meant to swear, but I would go over and I, and I just go up and I, I'd be like, I got, I got snap, and I go, here, boy, here, boy, and he goes, oh! and like, yeah, he's ready. <laughs> so, yeah, hey, Joe, Joe was all about it. Now I know why the ghost calls your name, because you get out there and she's like, you know what? He screws with everybody else all the time. Take that. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to screw. I'm going to screw with him. <laughs> That's probably. I'm asking for it. I swear. <laughs> um, 
you know, and I was, I was looking through the uh, list of movies then as we went along. Um, the paranormal incident, like there's two of those that you that you did that you were a part of, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went in and I did uh, the end scene um, of one. I just go in, I have one line, and I tell them to torch the place that we just uh, did an investigation and you know, burn all the evidence. Basically, say burn it and walk away. <laughs> and uh, my friend Keith Compton's in there with me in that one, and they said we need you to come in and play like the director, like the smoking man from uh, X Files. Oh, and yeah. it'll be really. It'll be, It'll be so cool. It'll be so cool. It'll be so cool. And I went in. I'm like, okay, where's the script? Like, we haven't got one. We just need to get in there and you do something. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So uh, Keith and I, I said, what? I said, Keith, what do you say? And uh, Keith had, you know, he's a professional. He had his lines down. He goes, I, I explained to you all this stuff that just went down, and then, uh, then they want you to do something. And I said, okay. And I said, what I'm gonna do is this. I'm gonna take out a cigarette. I'm gonna light it. I'm going to drop the match and say, burn it. And I'm going to turn around and leave. <laughs> and, he, and he's like, that's oh, genius. And they all loved it. So that was that one. And then they, they did a paranormal or a 616. The second part to that was we had another haunting and we had to go find out what was up. And I got to work with, uh, again, my good friends in that. My friend Eve Morrow, who if you look her up, she's a very busy actress. And she's tough as nails and funny as hell. And she's a badass. And she played uh, basically the devil incarnate in that and uh, and killed all my people in the film. So that was fun. Um, yeah, so that was uh, that was another one of those ones that we did. Um, I produced that one with my buddies, and we did that for 50 grand. And, wow. you know, in, in wow. nine days. And I, I was working at Wipeout for ABC, the contestant game show at the time during the day. And then I'd go and shoot that at night. So I slept about three hours a night for a week and a half, and we shot that thing and got it done. Wow! Well, I, I yeah. was—I saw like a trailer for that for one of those on on uh, um, when I was reading about it. I mean, that thing—the second one, the six one six—looks super spooky. Like, I mean, yeah. obviously you want it to. So when you're yeah, we shot. That, yeah, we shot in Loma Linda. Do you know that hospital? Do you know no, that hospital in no, Los Angeles? No, I don't. It's it's. It's got a history. It's it's uh, haunted <laughs> as okay. well. Okay. You don't you don't feel good anywhere in that building, whether it's uh, day or night. There's an impending sense of doom and dread and sorrow throughout the entire place. So, does that go into making the movie? I mean, does that help or does that hinder? I mean, uh, it, the only thing it, the uh, the only thing it did was uh, make sure that nobody wandered off. <laughs> you know, I can imagine that. <laughs> you know what? Nobody wanted to be going anywhere by themselves at night in that building. Uh, you know, you would none, none of the crew went missing ever. Everybody was either in the room with you or in the room next to you. Yeah, uh, that place was just it was it was creep sauce spread all over the place. Now, did, now, now we asked Gary this at, uh, when we had him and Chris on about talking about Death Block Thirteen. If, if he caught anything on camera or on audio in the prison while we were there filming, did it? Did you? Right. Did you? Did you catch anything while you guys were filming that maybe you didn't expect? You know what? If, just... if if they did, they never shared it with me because I wasn't in the editing bay. I know that people uh, were constantly just feeling like they needed to get outside the building at night. People want people. If they didn't smoke, they'd go take a smoke break. You know what I mean? People. They just felt like they had to leave. 
And it was kind of wild, but I, I would love to actually go back and scrub that footage and see if we have any orbs or anything that's out of the ordinary going on there, or any shadow people, because that's what we were. We were actually going to, if we had more money to put into it, we were going to have some of those shadow people kind of just like coming out of absolutely nowhere and, uh, and making things happen um, that we ended up doing more practically. Uh, but we wanted to bolster that with some shadow people, but I think they were there anyway. Holy moly! Wow! Um, yeah, that'd now, be yeah. Now, be- now, before we go any further, I just got a, I just mm-hmm. got a message. I just got a message on my phone regarding to the Facebook post you put on from a mutual friend of ours, Tim Loveless. Hey, so, Tim, my buddy. <laughs> so, um, so we need to absolutely make fun of Tim right now. Um, oh, okay. Just bag on him about something. I, you know, I don't know. Whatever. He, whatever. Well, listen, no, I don't good. know, man. If, if if you haven't seen uh, the award that he got um, for Mosquito, uh, a <laughs> film he did, uh, I think it was 80 years ago. Um, yes. He hasn't yeah. seen it either. So, yeah, everybody take a good look, a good hard look for that. Maybe it fell behind the couch at your house. <laughs> Tim hasn't seen any of the acting awards that he's gotten over the years, and he blames me. I told him I work with Hillary Swank. She got two Oscars, and they told me mine's in the mail. That's fair. Hey, fair enough. Tim worked. Tim worked with me, and I'm sure that uh, he probably will not get an award for that either. So, <laughs> but we had fun doing it, didn't we? <laughs> exactly, exactly. He so hopefully he will. Uh, I know he listens to us religiously, so hopefully he'll be like squirming, like, "Oh, those guys! I wish I could uh, put them in their place right now." But uh, well, hopefully he and I will be able to work together again at some point. Um, uh, and I, I, I enjoy working with that guy. He's a lot of fun, man. Uh, yes, I, I, doing it. I uh, he and I are in touch all the time, and we uh, um, we enjoy poking each other on political matters. And uh, oh, sure, and uh, and other stuff. He uh, he has some good uh, uh, crypto uh, stories too. He's up there in Michigan, where uh, there's also a lot of dog man uh, dog man yeah, sightings he's there. too. Yeah. Out there in the sticks, yeah. Yeah, well, that's, they, they, he's not allowed within uh, 100 yards of schools or uh, churches. <laughs> so he has to live probably there Probably best for him to stay out that way. That he... <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Sorry, Tom. All right, so, so let's, let's, get, <laughs> let's get back. Uh, so, so the other thing, so now what I thought was kind of, I had to double check, but I saw that you were in a series of, movies uh the sorority party massacres now was it i yeah we what was was one we did we did one and we then talked to uh roger corman back in the day uh because that's almost 10 years old that film but uh roger corman wanted to come in and mix uh it was going to be um bachelorette party massacre and move on from there uh but sorority party massacre uh was something I did with my friend uh, Chris Freeman, who wrote that, and uh, Keith Compton was in it as well. Eve Morrow, uh, my friend Amanda Barton was in it, uh, and that it is what it sounds like, uh, but it's not, because it's not just gratuitous, you know, boobs and uh, and college sex, but it is a it takes place at a sorority party and there is a massacre, <laughs> so. <laughs> and, uh, my, <laughs> It's it's fun. It's a, it's a fun movie. It's very it's uh, very much an '80s homage type deal. Um, Ed O'Ross plays the bumbling sheriff in town. Uh, 
he's a great character actor. If if you're a fan of uh, 80s action movies, he was playing a heavy in a lot of them uh, with Schwarzenegger and uh, Mel Gibson and all that. And then there's Ed O'Ross, who's always playing the bad guy. He was also uh, he was in Dick Tracy um, as well. So he, he had a hell of a, a career, but they, he's done four films with me. He's a great character actor as well. I hope I can keep working uh, as long as my friend Ed. Well, what I what I wanted to see is I, I was so there's a couple movies then where you are Detective William Watts. And they're all yeah. by, the, by the Freeman guy. Right? By Chris, yeah, uh, by Chris Freeman. By Chris, yeah, Chris yeah. Freeman, who is an Ohio native. Uh, and I'll tell you a, a quick story of how we met, or a long story. I don't know how much time you have. But, uh, yeah, we got plenty of time. Okay, we're, well, hey, I'll tell you where this. Else we, where else are we going? <laughs> else we going? <laughs> exactly. 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 Ain't nobody going nowhere. Now you can't leave, see? Um, okay, so I. I uh, I had a friend, uh, my dear friend, Joey DePinto, who's no longer with us, uh, God rest his soul. He was, uh, a, he was a character. He, he was kind of you know, one of those guys you'd, you'd see as an extra on The Sopranos. Uh, you're wearing a track suit, and he dyed his goatee to hide his grades and all that. He's just a, a middle-aged con man from way back, but a really a heart of gold and a lot of fun. He's a great, great, great friend of mine. Uh, he got an idea that he could put some money together, and he said, I, I want to make one of those movies like the ones you make over at the asylum, but not a piece of shit. Thanks, Joe. I guess we could do that. <laughs> He's like, you know what I mean? He goes, no, no, no. I want to make one of something good, you know? And I'm like, oh, okay, so you're sure my movies are? Okay, cool. So uh, I said, listen, I'll, I'll find I'll find a script or a writer and and you know, I know how to do this. You keep your, your cast to under 12 people, your locations to under three. And uh, you keep your effects practical and you, you and make it easy on yourself. So I said, I don't know how to do this, Joe. Don't worry about it. And uh, I got in touch with uh, my friend Justin Jones, who put me in touch with this uh, person, Chris Freeman, who I had never met. He said, I have this script. Um, and check it out and see if Joey wants to do it. So I read the script, and the script was fantastic, and it was everything we needed. And uh, so I told Joe about it, and he said, oh, yeah, it sounds great, but what we should do is this. And he took basically the, the skeleton of the script and stripped it down and then redressed it to what he wanted to throw into the film, which basically threw out, like, all the good stuff that was happening in my friend Chris Freeman's original script. So I respected my uh, this writer who I'd never met enough to say, yeah, let me get back to the writer, and I'll, I'll let you know what he says. And I just I didn't get back to Chris because I thought he'd be insulted. <laughs> so I the next day and said, I said, the, the writer's going to pass. And he said, what the fuck is his problem? Doesn't he want his movie made? And I said, yeah, he wants his movie made, not yours. <laughs> so he said, well, the hell, he said, to hell with him. We'll get somebody else. I said, don't worry, don't worry. I have the perfect guy. So I went, what I did was go back to Chris and say, why don't you hold on to your script? Because Joey wanted to change it a little too much. Uh, can we just write some things specific to some locations I know we already have and then the kind of genre that I know we can sell. So I did get him uh, another writer. turns out it was the exact same writer. And Chris wrote uh, Mirror Image, which now I think is called Dark Image, that's available out there on Amazon or, or in, somewhere in the, in the dark web. Uh, and that's how Chris and I met. I, I loved his writing so much that I wouldn't dare say change a word of this really great script that he had, uh, Intruder back in the day, and then we ended up making this thing called Mirror Image, 
and we shot in Laguna uh, at a mansion on the hill and uh, a restaurant and then out on the streets and just kept it real simple. And, uh, and it worked. And it was the first thing I produced and starred in as Detective William Watts. And that's how it all began. And then the, the, the guys, we had such a hard time dealing with our executive producer, my friend Joey, who would come in and sit down in the middle of the set, like, you know, the, the, he was the emperor and we're trying to get work done. He just, he just loved it so much. He was like a little kid in the candy store having this movie made. And it was such a hard, it was such a hard grind to get through that the guy said, well, next time we do this, we're going to put Detective Watts in a sorority house. With a bunch of with a bunch of naked girls, and I said, "Please, let's do that." And then sorority party massacre, <laughs> sorority party massacre was born. So that's how that one worked out. <laughs> you know, now you, now you know. How, how do I get a guy in a tracksuit uh, to show up with a bunch of money, wanting to make one of my scripts, even if he wants to, oh. even if he wants to gut it? And change. You know what? I'll, I, I'll to quote the judge. I'll, I'll say, "Careful what you wish for." <laughs> Yeah, uh, it was it, it. It was I tough. Know. It was pulling pulling teeth, blood from a stone. The movie got done, and uh, yeah, some people got their noses out of joint over it, but we got through it. Oh man, yeah, it's tough. It's it's tough making these little films. I mean, we have we have people paid back and have to restructure deals, and I, I'll be lucky if I see you know a dime from any of these movies. Uh, that's going to be worth the effort that I put in. I'll tell you that. It's it's a little. It's a little oh, bit yeah. of a grind, but I love it, so I just do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, it I mean, that's the double-edged sword. Is it, it, There's a lot of work behind the scenes that people do not realize. If you've never been on a movie set or seen um, anybody, you know, doing some of the writing, running to go get lunch, uh, you know, holding the microphone for sound or just everything that goes into it. Yeah, and then the pe- talking and to then the, the neighbors, talking to the cops. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's just, it's just, uh, but it's such a labor of love, you know. Like, and that's what we like, uh, loved being around Gary, because Gary just loves making movies, and he's yes, so he passionate does. about it. And uh, it's, it's, but it's hard. I know it's hard. He's told us enough, you know. We've we've seen his struggles, and I can't imagine, uh, you know work i mean because i know what gary's doing he's working two jobs to try to get his movie out and you're doing the same you know you're just like you said yep. you've got three hours of sleep and you do it because you love it you know because yeah not not everybody makes uh the big bucks and li- lives a la- uh, life of luxury you know or whatever they want to portray it as um yeah so i don't do i know i don't know yeah, I know very few people uh, who actually are able to just, you know, just go ahead and make make movies or act on TV shows. And the ones that are doing it, they've been working for a long time at it. So, you know, you gotta you gotta persevere, and then if you get lucky, then you might get a little bit of a break, and you can just focus on your career and not have to, you know, serve two or three or five masters. You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So what? Um, you know, one of the other movies. Uh, besides the Paul Bunyan movie, the only other movies I checked out and kind of dug was Dolls, um, just because I knew. Oh yeah. Uh, just because I knew, um, you know, Jeff Miller and, and Justin and those guys that were all kind of part of that. I think Justin wrote, yeah, the, wrote the movie. Justin and, wrote it. 
Justin Hawkins, yeah, and uh, Jeff Miller produced, and uh, and we had a real small crew, so he was helping out. Um, we were meant to have a couple of more people on the art department. They bailed out. I was supposed to be helping the art department, and I became the art department um, because we didn't have anybody. Uh, so, um, yeah, that was that was another all hands on deck uh, shot in ten days. And uh, I won't disclose the the dollar amount they spent on it, but you can tell it wasn't as much as some other movies. Um, but they we all put our heart into it, and uh, yeah, uh, everybody was great, man. That was that was really cool because we. I Jeff had asked me, "Are you able to do this thing in um, December?" And I had one of my paying gigs. Uh, that paid three times as much <laughs> to go and, and move stuff on set and not be on camera. And I said, well, I'm sorry, I can't. And then that, uh, that show actually got, um, that got canceled and I had nothing for the month of December. So, you know, uh, up in smoke goes Christmas. So I called Jeff and said, yeah, remember that movie you were talking about? Yeah, I'll do that. What's up? <laughs> 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 yeah. How, how can we make this work my while and uh, and what can I do to help you? Because, you know, I'm, I'm all about acting, but, you know, I know you're going to be hard-pressed for, for folks on this. So I ended up uh, doing, you know, we had the, the director, the writers, and uh, Jeff himself, we were all helping move furniture and do stuff and make sure all the props were where they were supposed to be because I was on camera half the time. And, you know, I, I, I needed someone to have eyes in the back of my head to make sure everything was working out. But yeah, that was a, that was a crazy hard fast film. And uh, I was actually able to take my, uh, my sons to go to the premiere when they had one out here uh, at this little theater out in Beverly Hills. And uh, to have my teenage sons come in, see the movie, get to meet D Wallace. Yes. E.T.'s. Yes. Um, And from the howling, uh, wonderful, wonderful. And so they got to see me interact with my friends, be really upbeat and happy, watch the film, tell me that, hey, man, your film didn't suck. And uh, (laughs) and to to have your your teenage sons be like, that was a lot of fun. You were awesome in it. And we've never seen you like this happy at work before. So it was really great to share that with my son. So I'm, I'm indebted to Jeff Miller for having me uh, be a part of it um, because that was that was really fun. Anytime I get to you know have my kids share that much of my work with me, that's pretty cool to have a, like a little red carpet thing. So Dolls was uh, Dolls was a win for the team. I don't care if people liked it or not. I had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I when I you know thinking back to when I sat and watched that, and I'm like. You know, any when the house and like let's face it, the dolls are inanimate objects. You know, when they become when they're like characters, like they're part of the of what the movie's all about. It's like you know, it's it's just such a different kind of feel to it, so to speak. It's like, man, what? Because you don't know what they're going to do because there's no rules. You know, for the exactly. no rules for. Uh, a person can can do only so many things, but you take these things and put them in different situations. But when I hear you talk about knowing that, uh, you know, that spirits exist and being in a haunted house, I, I almost can think that you draw from some of that stuff to, 
bring out the emotions you need um, to interact with 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 something that's not going to act back. Is that oh yeah? Well, I mean, yeah, that is that's always. I mean, what what I always doesn't matter what the subject matter is. If if I don't believe the story and really get invested in it and take it on as wrote, you know, uh, then the audience isn't going to believe it. So as an actor, you have to believe what you're saying if you're going to sell any soap. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I always, I really, I'd read the whole story. I think about what the other characters are doing. I figure, even with those little dolls, I thought about what their motivations were. <laughs> so <laughs> I, do, I, I, do, I do my homework um, and I try to make everything as real as possible so that I don't come off looking too silly at the end of the day. Because I've done a lot of silly stuff. <laughs> so so what <laughs> so what um so what would be what would be i mean now you don't want to play you know it's like how you know having kids you don't want to pick a favorite what what's what's been your favorite movie experience so far ooh wait uh there's been doesn't have to be your favorite movie there's been a but yeah, I really, I, I did, I did really enjoy making Sorority Party Massacre. That was uh, the biggest, biggest budget that I had worked with to date. Uh, producer on it, starring in it, working with a magnificent ensemble cast, and uh, was pretty much, you know, uh, a, a big part of calling shots on that as a as a producer. And you know, it's it's it was some uh, some of that money was mine that I set on fire to make that film. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but it was fun. I, that, that movie, I'll tell you this, there was, uh, there was one scene, um, I go in and discover uh, one of the girls, she's got a hatchet in her head and uh, solarium. And I follow the bloody footprints in. I find her and we discover her with a flashlight. And as written, I was supposed to just look terrified and just start backing up like, oh my goodness. And I said, hold on guys, I need one more. And Steve Parker, our, our DP, was like, all right, Downey. <laughs> I said, no, no, you're, you're going to like this. And so I walk in. I let the flashlight find the girl. This is you know, my take. It's, it's, uh, it's tight on me from the second button up. And, uh, and I say, there's something seriously wrong with the sorority. And I back out. And they all, and they call cut. Everybody starts laughing. And Steve Parker goes, oh, do you want some... Some wine with that cheese, Tom Daly? <laughs> I, said, I said, boys, you mark my words. That's a trailer moment. And uh, the folks at Highland, uh, our distributor, put, a, put together a trailer, and they chose that for the end of the trailer. <laughs> so, oh, that's I know. Well, yeah, I know how to perfect. make these movies, kids. <laughs> and it is, it's silly, but it works. I know it's ridiculous, but it works. So, you know, just all I can say to these, these folks sometimes, you got to... I know. I know. Some they think I'm just an actor, but you're gonna trust me because I actually know how to make movies. <laughs> well, those movies. I mean, those movies are fun. I mean, I mean, and it's not meant. I mean, some of those movies are meant to be scary and by the seat of your pants, but you're also you want to be entertained. You know? And, yeah, absolutely. And, and you don't go to watch a movie like Sorority Party uh, Massacre and to cut, you know, to solve the world's problems. You know, oh, exactly. Wanna, it's it's a popcorn film. I want to take you, you out of the moment. Film. Yeah, I want you to you forget some... about everything else and just have a good time with it, right? Yes. 
Yeah. That's I mean, the, that's the kind of movie it is. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. What um so what uh how many movies have you done got, with with Chris Freeman? Ooh, wee. Um five or six the Latin. we did a movie we did a uh, I did a, a little uh cameo for them in a film called Beast Mode. Um uh that'll be coming out this year and has been kicking ass at festivals uh, until we couldn't have festivals anymore. And then we did another film uh, before um, that, that actually did in Ohio. So I was able to get back there again. And that was, uh, I think it was called the diary of an exorcist. And they changed the name of the film to the actual demon that uh, terrorized this real exorcist in real life. Uh, It's called the body bot. And it's a, a demon from the Philippines that if you disturb her forest lair, she will come to your house and smother you in your sleep and then steal your soul. So it's believed by the folks in the Philippines that the body bot exists and she's this forest demon and uh, she's about 500 pounds and she'll come sit on your face and smother you. Doesn't sound like a good way to go. Uh, Not at all. We did that. (laughs) Think about that (laughs) when you're trying to go to sleep tonight. but we did, that was a, the film that we, uh, we shot that over a month in, uh, in and around Columbus. And uh, we met the actual uh, exorcist who had a book about his adventures around the world. And um, yeah, that, uh, that was meant to go to South by Southwest and that is not gonna happen. Obviously South by Southwest got canceled, um, but that'll be coming out at some point uh, streaming uh, soon and so look for the body bot and that was that was probably the hardest movie that i ever had to work on uh as a production designer because we we lost a location in our first week and when you're doing these films with little to no money you really can't flip the schedule by surprise and go oh sorry we just can't do that so we had to change our entire schedule around i didn't really have boots on the ground uh to get ready for any kind of major changes like that. So I basically stayed up with, uh, with Richard, the, uh, the AD, we were, we were bunking together at the same Airbnbs and hotels, wherever we went. And I would stay up with him as production designer and stay up with the AD. So I knew what we were shooting in the morning. And if I needed to send anybody on a run, I knew what the hell we had to get. So I'd have something to put on camera. So that was a really, that was a tough movie. And a lot of weird stuff happened on that one that made me feel like we were a little bit cursed. Uh, oh yeah. Nobody died. <laughs> well, it, it, it started. It started with the change in locations, and then we had. Oh, this is tough because I wanted. Uh, I wanted Chris Hahn to come in and, and be a stuntman for us, um, and they went with someone uh, a little more local. And the guy in his first take, uh, chasing the priest, uh, uh, sprained his ankle so hard that he couldn't do another take after that. So we had that happen. We had a couple of days of uh, like some crazy weather stuff happening where it wasn't in the forecast. And next thing you know, we had just thunderstorms rolling through and we couldn't be outside. And they say, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta go back in. You gotta go in now. We had a generator blow up on us. We had stuff stolen. Uh, we, oh, we had the trailer catch on fire. That's right. We had a little uh, trailer that we had <laughs> and uh, nothing in there. Nothing. In, oh, it was, the, it was the box truck. I think it was the box truck. Yeah. So the box truck caught on fire on us too. So it was about about six things at least um, 
where where bad things happen. And, and one of our uh, one of one of our grips hit a deer with her car one night. So yeah, all kinds of bad stuff going down. <laughs> People might say, no, that's just that's just country living, but. I don't know. I don't know why things had to catch on fire or people had to get hurt that damn bad. But, yeah, it was wild. Well, I will say, and I know Jason will agree, we've had a couple uh, ghost investigators, especially uh, the guys from Paranormal Road, just David Hensley was just on, and they said when, when there's a demon possession, you never you never speak the name of the demon. Because if you speak well, the we name did, of the We demon, didn't. Right. <laughs> And that's why yeah. we kept the name, basically kept it out of it. There was one scene where they, they mentioned the name of the demon, and that was it. And that's why we didn't, I didn't know until later, that's why it wasn't on the call sheet. Oh, really? So they did. So they yeah. went to lengths to not, okay. Yeah, well, that, they, that, yeah they, they say the actors, that attracts the actors, it. When you yeah, speak their name. The, uh, yeah. That's an invitation, right? And yep. we yeah. didn't want to do that. We don't want to open up any doors. And the, uh, the, the actual priest who was retired, um, he gave uh, Chris Freeman, the writer, he gave him a talisman uh, to keep with him at all times so that the uh, evil spirit wouldn't attach himself to Chris because Chris was writing down events from this person's life. So I said, keep this and believe me, if you want to stay safe, keep this with you at all times. And Chris did. I think he still has it with him to this day. So the, the film had a lot of problems in post. I went back and reshot stuff, and now it's finally done. So hopefully all the bad juju will be turned into a good movie. I don't know. Maybe we will hold this movie solely responsible for the coronavirus outbreak. I could do that, too. That'll be all right. <laughs> that, that'll be the advertising campaign right there. <laughs> this powerful that'll film. That'll be all right. Yeah. Such a powerful oh film that it's closed uh, down all of the world. Edge. Shut the world down. That, that body bought a real thumb bitch, ain't it? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, that, that's... So, uh, th- go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, so, so that's... When is that going to c- come out on... Uh, do you say it's going to go directly to like streaming and uh, yeah it'll be out on Am- they're doing they're do- they had a deal in place I've got to talk to the friends in Ohio again uh, and I think they wanted to they were holding off because they wanted to go to festivals with it and then it would be slated to be released but now all the festivals are done you can't no one can have any festivals anymore so it should it, if anything it'll be hopefully uh, pushed up and, and uh, be coming out sooner than later but I, I think their idea was to Brought it out to festivals here, there, and everywhere, and then it'd be out maybe uh, for like Halloweeny next fall. But now it might be a summer release, so that'd be even better for everybody involved. Well, so let, so you've been in the you've been in the movie business for quite a while. I mean, what twenty five, thirty years, maybe? Yeah, around about thirty years. Yeah, at this point. So yeah, I mean, do you see a point where? everything is just going to be streamed and you know, the, cause like, you know, the movies are closed. You can get on our on demand, uh, through, through our cable and see what's supposed to be out at the movie, you know, just cost a little right. bit extra if you want to watch it. I mean, do you see a, a point in time where, you know, things might shift that way that there's just no more movie theater experience? I really hope not because I think it's as much fun as going to like see live music is to go and have that shared experience in front of a giant screen. 
you know, yeah. and you have that shared experience with a bunch of people. You all sit there in the dark and marvel at, at the story that's being played out in front of you. I think that is, you know, it's like, yeah, cave paintings back in the day. You go in the cave, you get the fire going, and the, the guy with the best who does the best drawing with the ash gets up on the wall and starts making buffalo. And this is how my day went, dear. And uh, I think that that's like something that I hope never goes away. You know? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I just I just wondered from being really on the inside, more than just one aspect of the business. Well, ap- how- after after all these after all these theaters took such a huge hit, I don't know how they're going to deal with it coming back from all these theaters being shut. I hope that people will be itching to get out and I hope that it will be safe. Um, but I, I don't know how they're going to recover from that. And I don't know if some of these smaller theater chains are going to recover, but we, we shall see. I hope that, I hope that it goes, goes better for everybody involved. I mean, I know that, you know, there's some of the films that, that I was working with the director of dolls, Kyle Carvin is he's, he's done tons of TV. That was his first directorial uh, debut. And with the limited uh, tools that he had, I thought he made a really solid film. So I'd like to see him do something where he could have a, a feature released in the theaters. Same for Chris Freeman. You know, he's a very dear friend of mine. I'd love for my friends that want to be directors, you know, to get their name up there on the big screen before they go away. And I hope they never do, because I really think that is, you know, a singular shared experience that everybody goes and sits in the dark and laughs and gas and jumps at the same time. Oh, it yeah. never goes away. Yeah. I told, I, I, I couldn't agree more with that. I mean, there's, I mean, it's great to watch the movie in the comfort of your own home, put it on pause. If you got to get up and you know, whatever, but you're right when you're when you're really immersed into the experience and the sounds all around you and the you're just you're in the picture there's nothing that beats that you know nothing yeah. beats that for sure right um now i got a couple other i got a couple other questions i want to put you maybe on the spot here a little bit all right if you if you had an unlimited budget to make a movie what would be the mm-hmm. what would be the movie that you would want to make? Like, because I know you're you're obviously <laughs> a creative you're a creative guy visually and uh, emotionally and, and and as far as the acting. So there's there's got to be a story that you really want to tell. What what would you we, do? We do Homer's The Odyssey. Really? No, we wouldn't. No, we wouldn't. No, we wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> we could, oh, I you're think gonna I'd definitely go. I think I'd go over budget and lose my mind. It'd be like apocalypse now if I tried to do that. But I do, I do have friends. We've talked about that, and they say, "Oh, it's kind of like this." I'm like, "All right, that's ambitious as hell." Um, there's, a, there are a couple of, there are a couple of good ideas that have been out there in the past that I, I wanted to get involved with. Um, my friend had uh, basically The Walking Dead uh, meets Mad Max, called Zombie Patrol. Raul Contreras and Kurt Oswalder writers. Uh, that sounded like a lot of fun to do and it's already kind of been done to death. But if you, if you marry these two scripts together, it, it's interesting because you've got the hero that goes on the journey. It's not just about, uh, slashing through a bunch of zombies. Um, there's, there's some place I'd like to take detective Watts where he hasn't been before and kind of have him be all the way fallen hero and redeemed. And that was a, a script idea uh, that a 
a friend of mine had years and years ago um, about uh, it's a big drug war kind of movie, kind of like uh, Sicario. But, ah, okay. uh, yeah, kind of like that kind of a deal. And it's international and it's it's wild. So there's all kinds of good stuff like that. And then, you know, I'd like to if I had all the money in the world, I'd, I'd go back and do the prequels over and I'd star in them. And you know which prequels I'm talking about? <laughs> what what prequels the uh, Star what, Wars? What ones? prequels could they be? <laughs> they weren't that bad. I kid, but I should have been in them. Uh, that would have been. I would have. If I could be in, in any franchise, I would have liked to have had an action figure of myself. And who wouldn't, right? Oh yeah, it's it's never too late. You never know what might uh, might still come your yeah. way. I mean, come this on. is true. Yeah. Talk to talk to Kathleen Kennedy and see what's up with that one. But yeah, <laughs> I, it's uh, funny, funny, I'll tell you a funny story. In 1999, I actually wrote to Lucasfilm uh, and set them my headshot because I had heard you know there's going to be some movies coming, and I got a letter back on Lucasfilm uh, letterhead from Anne Merriweather was her name, I believe thanking me for my interest. They weren't ready uh, to be casting yet and good luck with your career. And it might've been, was it 97? Maybe I sent the first letter in 97, the second one in 99, just trying to get in. And she responded again and said, thanks again. And this is the casting director. And it was Janet Hershenson, I think. Anyway, but yeah, I was probably, I actually got a response from George Lucas's office begging to be in a Star Wars movie. <laughs> so, wow. you know, at least, at least I could put that in the frame if nothing else, right? Yeah, yeah that's pretty slick. That's true. Hey. That is pretty slick, though. At least they yeah. responded. It was very right? kind of them to respond. Yeah, it was very kind of them to respond. I think so, I had like three credits to my name at the time. <laughs> so the other the other thing I, I kind of am wondering, and, and I'll go back to Tim Lovelace again. We've talked about uh, um, some movie ideas in the cryptid area that – Mm-hmm. Need to need to have a really good one done. What what supernatural cryptid kind of thing would you? What do you think begs to be have a really good movie made about it that you would feel like you could nail nail apart in that kind of movie? I would still like to go back and do another werewolf film, and I'll tell you what the. Uh the producer who owns the property outright with Lee Scott, the writer, uh, it's up to them if we were going to go ahead and about five years ago, we actually started talking about doing uh, Bray road too. And really? yeah, so we still all, I, 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 I loved werewolf movies. Like they were number one from back in the day. So werewolves are where it's at for me. If I had, if I had my choice, if they said, you got to do a genre film, it's, it's horror. What are you going to do? I say, you can keep your zombies. Everybody has enough of them. Uh, give me, give me uh wolfie, please. That's where it should be. <laughs> I, I like yeah. it. I like it. Yeah. I like now, that too. Yeah. Now Tim, yeah. Tim and I, Tim and I have uh, discussed that no one's really made a really good Bigfoot movie. So, so this is true. Mm-hmm. So and and living out there in California, do you get to go out and and explore Bigfoot country at all out there? Or not? I haven't I haven't been up north, uh, and the only the only things I've heard about I heard, uh, I think it was on Snap Judgment um, on that pod uh, cast. Uh, 
The only thing down south is there are some spirits uh, that are along the border, and there's it's said that these spirits will hunt the human traffickers who sometimes lead the people out there and leave them alone and turn around and go back down south. Uh, so some of these some of these bandits who take the money from these people trying to you know, sneak into the country, whatever, they'll end up like getting tossed off a cliff or something by these uh, by these big scary entities. So that's down south, <laughs> and there was a podcast oh, about that. I forget what that was. So, yeah, and they God. said that this uh, that there's like this there was a heat <laughs> signature that that they saw on uh, that they could see with the uh, with their night vision, but when they, but there was nothing there. And so there's there's some something down south that's kind of scary that's happening down there that I'd like to investigate more. And then up north, I haven't been up north to see any Bigfoot yet, so I haven't seen the Squatch, and I'd like to. Whew. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Hey, look, the next time you're back in Ohio, I think we know some people that could take us to some areas that you might have a better chance of seeing a, a Sasquatch. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't think I'm going to see one at the 99 cent store out here. It's probably not going to happen. <laughs> nothing's uh, happening at the strip mall <laughs> nothing's happening at the strip mall oh geez well we uh, um, we really enjoyed having you on the podcast tonight I oh mean, absolutely this is a lot of fun yes I've been, tell, I've been telling these guys I said man I can't wait to have have you on because I'll, everything I you know the stuff that I've seen I love Chris talks great about you um, Tim, he's always said good things about you. I I agree that I think you're way underrated as a as an actor, obviously, because everything that you've done, you've really stand out. And uh, I mean, it's a it's a hundred percent. You're very 100%, kind. Hundred percent. I love it. I love it. I I, I appreciate it. I, I I mean, I'm not I'm not doing this for for a laugh. I actually kind of take it serious, even though some of the stuff I do is a little ridiculous, you know. <laughs> But I, I do try and and put an honest effort forth. And you, or, you, know, and you always star in the uh, you star in the kind of movies that I like. So that's a big plus. Well, there you go, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. I, got, I appreciate that because I'm having so, fun making them for yeah, sure. Great, great. So so give so give, before we sign off, give our listeners a top three Tom Downey movies that that if they loved hearing you talk about about your experiences and, and career, what three movies would you urge them to go out, find stream, watch and, uh, and check out that you're, you're the most proud of or that you think they'll enjoy the most? Well, uh, I'm going to say sorority party massacre. If you want to see me, uh, get chased around by a bunch of pretty girls with murderous intent. That's a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was great. Uh, I'm, unfortunately for Chris Hahn and I, I do love Axe Giant, but I'm dead in the first 20 minutes. Spoiler alert! Um, but then you can you can enjoy Chris running around chasing people. Uh, that was a that was a lot of fun. And, yeah, but you, uh, get, your, you get your money's you get your money's worth in those first 20 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you sure do. You sure do. Yeah. I, I, and I'll, I'll double down with the with the jet with the Jeff Millers. Uh, that was a Jeff Miller production as well. And I'll say you can check out the uh, the Burning Dead. But uh, it's got I lucky enough to have a poster in my room here. It's uh, Tom Downey and Danny Trejo, the Burning Dead. So I got top oh. billing over Danny Trejo. So that was pretty cool. So that's, that's kind of a fun popcorn movie as well. 
zombies. Yeah, good times. All right, all right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, so I, watch, check those out, and then also don't forget to look for the body bot. And uh, Dolls was also a hell of a good time. We did a great job with that film. I've got that. Anything on with my I've... name in it, I'll bet you kind of enjoy. Just a little bit. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, well, we 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 saw it. I borrowed Shane's copy, and so oh, I got a ah, chance to watch it. <laughs> Those that's, little that's things were right creepy. They were creepy. Yeah. I'm, yeah. <laughs> Cool, cool, cool. I'm glad you like it. Glad yeah. like it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, it's been a lot. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it was a lot of fun tonight talking to you. So we hope that uh, things get cooking again out there so you can make some more movies that we can all enjoy. And uh, um, and who knows? Maybe the next time we're, uh, we're able to uh, throw together some money and maybe make a movie here in Ohio, we can get you to back here in Ohio. And, uh, be my pleasure absolutely and all y'all stay safe stay home when you can yes. take care of yourselves and your families and your friends and keep six feet away and wash your hands and all that good stuff because it's a no joke but we're gonna yeah. get through it oh yeah we yep. will keep we're gonna get keep through six it. keep six feet away or the six feet you're gonna be away from everybody's under so just exactly uh, <laughs> that's that's one that's a hell of a way to put it sir thank you very much yeah healing sir. that <laughs> that's fantastic. So, oh man so, so so all right tom it's been great and I urge everybody to go check out the 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 top five movies now that tom gave us before he signed off so go, go check him out tell you know find him on his social media platforms tell him how great you think he is um oh, yeah you you won't be sorry you won't be sorry so, yeah so and well, hey, uh thank thank you man thanks for having me I, I know we tried to put this together for a while i'm so glad it finally worked out i just want to say thank you very much gentlemen for having me on i appreciate all three of you yeah and no thank problem you for, thank no you problem. for coming on we've been looking forward and the, to it and the judge had to leave he had an urgent appointment but uh Ah, I laid, okay. I, right. I laid off of him when you made the when you made the remark about the five hundred pound woman coming and chasing. I thought maybe that was the the judge's college movies got released or something. But, uh, <laughs> one of the, one of them makes girlfriends. <laughs> oh no! I mean, they, do, I mean, was, they do come back to haunt you, don't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so on that note, now that everybody's going to have nightmares. Uh, we'll yeah. we'll <laughs> sign off and thanks good Tom have a have a good night and stay safe and uh, we'll be looking forward to catching up with you later on. All right, thank you, Shane. You guys be good. Yeah, we'll yep. do. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. A final word. Please visit us on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash from the shadows podcast. And on our Instagram page at Instagram.com forward slash from the shadows podcast. You can visit our webpage at from the shadows podcast Or contribute to our Facebook discussion page called after the shadows. And tweet us on our Twitter feed at twitter.com forward slash podcast underscore from. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to hearing from you all. 
Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. <laughs>